0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter.
1: Hi and welcome to the episode today. This today is our 50th episode. Woo! (laughs) Can't you hear the fireworks going (laughs) off in the background and I've got a martini in my hand and no, actually I don't. (laughs)
0: You actually have a towel on your head. I have a
1: towel on my head. <laughs> <laughs> my standards oh. have really slipped in 50 episodes. <laughs> I used to like get fully dressed up, do my makeup, do my hair, <laughs> even though no one could see me. And here I am with slippers and a towel on my head. So, oh, it's
0: usually me. Today I actually have like my face on and my hair done. Uh, I'm still in my workout gear, but um, I have my face on at least just in case we were going to do something live which we did talk about so listeners we're really sorry we wanted to do something fun for number 50 but instead we've chosen a relatively boring topic and (laughs) we are not doing anything interesting or exciting for it so we've just decided we're definitely going to do something for our hundredth so we'd just have to hang out for then but no we might try and do um on the release day of this episode we might try and do something live in Facebook or something like that just to say hi and thank you for listening so we'll um we'll keep you posted on that yeah so if you um
1: when you're hearing this head to our Facebook community and join it if you haven't already and uh hopefully there'll be something there to get excited about even (laughs) though this episode's not very exciting (laughs)
0: yeah so what is this episode about tara give us a a right
1: this episode drum roll is the living (laughs) room it's one of those i think it's a topic we probably should have covered it about episode 10 because it's something (laughs) that everyone who is physically decluttering their house comes across but it's just Mm -hmm. it's not very exciting it's not a very exciting space to talk about so i think we've kind of been delaying it so, this is the gift to our listeners. <laughs> We're finally going to impart our wisdom on decluttering your living room.
0: room. All right. So, where do we start? The living room's like, it's one of those rooms that does, is a dumping ground for sure.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the whole key to the living room is to, is it's in the title, really, is to remember it's, a living room it's not a storage room it's mm. not a junk room the space that you designate as your living room and for some people that will be um the area near the kitchen and the dining table for others it might be a, a separate lounge area but this mm. should be the communal space kind of the heart of your home for relaxation rather than you know, I think people quite often describe the kitchen as the heart of the home because a lot of action mm. goes on. But when it comes to rest and chill time and connection time, the living room should provide that. And so often yeah. it just gets lost under stuff.
0: Yeah, it does. Most of that stuff's often laundry, <laughs> washing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we—that it's exactly right. That's the. And some of us have more than one living space, but um, we're talking mainly about the one i mean you could talk about your form you you could apply what we're talking about to a formal lounge or a den as well but we're sort of talking about the the living room or the family room um we call it the family room a lot in australia so that's the kind of room we're talking about Uh, but yeah you could apply this to even rumpus rooms Mm -hmm. um as well but yeah it's the that main central living area family room thing that we're talking about today
1: Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things, one of the reasons it becomes such a jumping ground is because it's a communal space. So Mm. everyone uses it almost nobody takes responsibility for it you know like (laughs) I think of my 11 year old is very good at keeping her bedroom spick and span nothing on the floor like it's amazing but it's because all their Mm. stuff is dumped in the lounge room (laughs) or the living room and I'm like how can you be so precious about your room well that's my room I'm like yeah Yeah. this is whose room is this we all use it um and I think that's that's sometimes where the problems start because Um, no one sees it as their responsibility to tidy up that space
0: yeah exactly and everybody sees it as their space um to do as they please with as well so um it sort of does end up with yeah i spend a lot of time um calling children into the room to say put your shoes away pick up this what's this why is the coffee table got this on it Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and i have um i have glass coffee table and a glass dining (gasps)
1: table (gasps) it's giving me
0: palpitations. I, <laughs> I know. And I have really had to come to terms with the fact that it is going to be to my liking approximately half a percent of the time. <laughs> and it's yeah. usually about that minute and a half after I clean it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then that's it. So most of the time it's it looks um, a bit grotty, uh, which is a shame, but I do get such a thrill when it's clean. Like it looks just so awesome when it's clean and I sit there and stare at it and smile (laughs) like a weirdo (laughs) until the dog comes up and you know puts her nose on it and then it's all ruined
1: yeah or fingerprints
0: oh well yes yeah and all sorts of unidentifiable muck you know yeah and because I
1: can picture that and because you have a lot of light that comes into that room yeah (laughs) depending where you're standing in the room the the light would bounce off of it and display every little
0: yeah. Every little tiny spot. Yes. Oh. So anyway. Um, so yeah, that I'm often, you know, um, complaining about the state of the coffee table, and it's usually got things on it that need to be moved. Um, straws, like our metal straws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, why well, I don't know why, but a metal straw will get taken out of a glass and laid, usually damp still with Milo or something on it and it just sits on that glass coffee table like that yeah it's like i'm like dude seriously what are you doing to me anyway enough about the coffee table i could talk about that for hours it seems um, we, should
1: have, we should have done a coffee table episode yes <laughs> that might be oh, our hundredth we'll just squirrel that yeah. idea away <laughs> stay tuned folks
0: <laughs> uh, rebecca obsesses about the coffee table for uh-huh. a hour yeah right. um so um yeah where are we up to?
1: So I guess if your living room is not to your liking, if you're feeling, and I think one of the best ways to test that is can you sit in the space and feel relaxed? Can you feel at ease? If your eyes come to rest on piles of washing or a pile of unpaid bills or whatever, you know, soccer boots mm. and a bag from dance and this and that, that is, you know, yoga mat still out. If you feel like you can't sit down in there and have your shoulders you know slump all the way down and feel really mm. at ease then there's probably a bit of decluttering to be done in there um, yeah because you don't want to be able to I guess it's it's very similar to our episode that we did on the on bedrooms or the master bedroom mm. where this is a space that you should be able to come and feel at ease and feel chilled out and relaxed and if you go in there and feel like overwhelmed or a sense of anxiety around oh there's so much stuff to do or you can't concentrate mm. on the show you're watching or the book you're reading or the conversation you're having because there's, you know, odd socks falling off the edge of the couch, then maybe it's time to, to start yeah. looking into it. So where do we start yeah. then, Bec? What
0: What's the place to, to go? Um, just before we go on to the physical thing, I just want to add to what you just said then. And we've all got different tolerances for stuff. And so I know that you and I are different in that way, Tara, and that I can have stuff hanging about the living room, and I can still relax, and the difference I think between uh, there's still a similarity that is still uh, there's still a line that is crossed at where I can't relax, and that line is at the point of control. And so when I'm in a room and there is stuff kind of cluttered about the stuff, like 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 there's a straw on the coffee table, for example, or uh, my computer and some paperwork are on the dining table, and there's a kid's pair of shoes under the couch and dog toys kind of strewn around and maybe even a load of washing folded waiting for people to come and collect it. That kind of stuff doesn't bother me because I look at it and it's all got homes. And I know that if I wanted to put it away, I could. And I feel like I have, even though there's visible clutter around, I have a sense of control. Mm -hmm. However, when there is stuff that I don't have a home for, that is overwhelming me and worrying me, that is what I can't tolerate. And so I think that everyone's going to be, you know, at a a different place on the spectrum, uh, just like you and I are. But I think that almost everyone will tip over at that point of, I don't know what to do with this stuff. Uh, That's the stuff that I really want people to be thinking about now when we're talking is the stuff that they look at and go, I don't know what to do with this. This is not this doesn't have a home, this is something that is stressing me out because I don't know what to do with it instead of this annoying me because someone hasn't come and picked it up yet. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, For me, I think because I have, because I work in my home predominantly and I still see housework as part of my job that's how you know um Mm. it is more my responsibility and we've my husband and I have kind of designed our life like that that I do more of the housework because he spends a lot more time outside of the house working for me the line is probably a lot closer or a lot lower um in terms of tolerance for for stuff around in the living Mm. room because I feel like I'm resting in my workplace almost and for me Mm. when I sit down and there's stuff there that doesn't belong there I feel like I'm almost it's like sitting down to rest in front of a half-finished report or a half-finished project it's like it bugs me because I feel like my job isn't quite done yet and I feel like if, if I can get stuff tidied away and into its homes or nearabouts, or also if it's kind of organized, ready to go. So I can fold mm. washing in there and have it sit in the basket in the living room for 24 hours before I put it away. But I know it's on its way, yeah. um, you know, That's then the I can cope with that. But I think for me, it's really the fact that I feel like I'm resting in my place of work <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. That makes and so sense. I and I think you know Pete yeah like you said people are all the way along that spectrum so we're not saying you know you must have three items on your coffee table to be mm-hmm. uncluttered it's about figuring out for you where that line is where the balance mm-hmm. is between feeling overwhelmed or feeling at peace in the space
0: yeah exactly so now the space the space the stuff where would you start Beck? Um, I always start with the floor mm-hmm. because the floor is not storage, which I've probably said before. <laughs> and if there's anything other than furniture stored on the floor that's not contained in something like a basket or furniture of some kind, then that would be the one of the areas that I think would need attention first because mm-hmm. you can't sweep, vacuum, dust and mop when you've got stuff on the floor, that's not you know in in a in a container that you can move or like in a little bookcase that you can move and vacuum behind or something like that. So you're going to get dust and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and also, it could be tripping hazard. It makes the house feel smaller because you've got less floor space. The, the room feels smaller because of less floor space. So that's usually where I start, and that's sort of one of the the first of many flat surfaces that that get filled up isn't it
1: yeah there's something about the flat surface it's like a magnet for stuff that doesn't belong and I guess lucky you if the stuff that's on the floor has a home but with everything if it's on the floor because it doesn't have a home then that's your that's your first task is to figure out where does Mm. this belong where would I look for it if I needed to find it where would other people look for it and maybe if it's something that doesn't belong to you and it belongs to one of your kids you wait until they get home and say this doesn't belong here where would you look for it if we put it away where should its home be that whole Mm. discussion we've had before about finding a a permanent resting place for for our Mm. for our belongings so it's not just about doing a quick t- tidy and stuffing it all in a cupboard. It's about mm. making lasting changes so that things don't go back on the floor that don't belong yeah, exactly. there.
0: Yeah, because they will. If they don't get a permanent home, they will be dumped somewhere and that home becomes their permanent home and mm. it might not be a home that works for you like the floor. It might be in the way, it might be a tripping hazard, it might be a dust hazard or it might end up on your kitchen counter which means that cooking becomes difficult. It might end up on your dining table which means eating becomes difficult, all that kind of stuff.
1: Mm. And I guess just ask yourself, You know why? Why is this thing in the living room? If there's not, Mm. if you can't think of a reason why it needs to be there specifically, like if it's a gaming console that gets played using the TV in the living room, absolutely, it needs to be there. Maybe you can work out a better place to store it, or um, you know, a way to keep it off the floor um Mm. but there are other things i mean people store all manner of (laughs) items and we'll get to that um in their living rooms and you think well hang on this is supposed to be a communal relaxing space for us all to share does the surfboards the family surfboards really need to live in the living room or could there be another space um where they could be stored Mm.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think living rooms really should only store things that are used in that room for the most part. Mm. It's not a space that's made for storage of other things that are used elsewhere. And, you know, if you do things in the living room that you don't, that you would normally do in other rooms, then then it's cool to bring that stuff in as well. You know, I had a, a friend who along the top of her mantelpiece, of uh, her fireplace mantelpiece, she had all sorts of manner of personal hygiene items up there Mm -hmm. like um, nail clippers and things like that and she said "Oh, I'll never get around to putting them away and this is where I do my nails and you know so this is where I it ends up you know coming and I said all you need is a basket on that mantelpiece so that you can stick them all in the basket and then that's the home you don't have to keep them in the bathroom just because they're toiletry items and you know, they can be in the living room, that's fine. And she sort of went, oh, okay, that's okay. (laughs) But sort of, if you use it in the living room, then it's a great place to store it because you are there all the time. Another thing that I found when I had my second child was that all of the nappy changing stuff moved out of the nursery and into the living room. Because when you've got one baby, you can take that child into their bedroom, put them up on the change table and change them, and you can have all of the stuff all organized with the change table. But when you have a second, you actually pretty much you ditch that routine for the mm-hmm. a, a large um, for the large part, and you change them anywhere they need to be changed. You change them, you know, you end up changing them while they're walking around, pretty much. But because you've got another child to deal with, uh, especially with me, I had um my kids in eighteen months apart, so I had a toddler when I had a newborn, and I couldn't leave her in the living room on her own because, you know, she would pull something down or hurt herself or whatever. And so I would need to bring her with me anyway. So what we did is just made a basket of change table stuff and shoved it under the couch. And so it could just pull that out, put them down on the floor, on the rug, you know, change him and then shove it back under the couch again. Mm-hmm. And so that became, you know, a store it where you use it circumstance where it was a bit unusual or not really the standard. So um, if you use it in that room, store it in that room and find a good home that works for you in that room.
1: Yeah, because there's no wrong or right thing to be kept or to be done in a living room Mm -hmm. or a lounge room. I think the key is to just not let one activity override all the possibilities for other activities in that room. So if you craft in your lounge room, that is absolutely fine. But given, you know, most of us share our lounge room or our living room with other people, then you need to be able to move the craft stuff out the way or have it somewhere that mm. it doesn't, you know, spill out onto the couch, onto the coffee table, onto the floor where then other people can't access it. Just like if your kids yeah. play board games on the coffee table, great, that's fine, but they can't be left there all the time to the point where no one else can yeah. go in there and sit comfortably because yeah, a, there's nowhere
0: to put your cuppa, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. so it's it's just about finding that balance. And if that means creating little Storage centers or zones or homes for things within that space so that they can be easily moved or brought in and brought out, then that's great. Yeah.
0: One thing I do in our living room is I work in our living room because Mick uses the office. And I, in my oh, wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> my, um, for want of a better word, uh, when he first joined the business, I said to him, You have, you take the office. I'm a minimalist, you know, with my smug, superior, proud face. I'm a minimalist. I'll just work in the kitchen. I'll be fine. Yeah, and so I ended up doing that. I gave up my office and so I do work in the living room on the kitchen table and I have my art supplies and I have my office supplies, stationery, um, my paperwork and all my audiovisual computer equipment all in the living room because that's where I do it all pretty much and so I've had to create zones as well and I've had to be a bit creative you know in the buffet cabinet which is where people most put their mostly put their good china and their platters I've got my art supplies in a little tote um, mm-hmm. that sit in there and in under a corner. I've got a corner table with some plants on it and under that are some baskets which hold my laptop and my AV equipment and my microphone and my bullet journal. And then in another cupboard I've got my paperwork and stationery and a stationery drawer. And so, you know, those that's sort of all work related stuff but because that's where I work I have to store it in there and and so that's where I've had to designate particular space and I've had to I had to declutter my buffet cabinet get rid of some platters and some display things just so I could fit that stuff in there and you know it wasn't a difficult decision to make because I do that stuff I use that stuff all the time every Mm. day and it's in it's out it's in it's out every day when we go to have dinner I have to pack everything away and so having it all in those baskets close by and in the buffet close by means it only takes me 30 seconds. To pack up my day's work and put it away, and then after dinner, often bring it back out again. But you know, it, there's somewhere for it to go, and it doesn't mm. sort of get stacked up. Um, and in if a you messy had to, way.
1: if you had to walk that down to a storage space at the other end of your house, it just wouldn't yeah. happen. It'd end up just yeah. being piled up on the corner of yeah. the bench, and then exactly. it would sit there. And that's the thing: you've got to think practical,
0: don't you? Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, if you if you do it in the living room, try and find a home for it in the living room. But that then also brings another problem is that we do so much in the living room a lot of the time that there ends up being more stuff than space. Mm. So that's where you have to do things like sacrifice, like I sacrificed some platters and some um, china so that I had room for the art supplies. And those kinds of sacrifices need to be made. Otherwise, your horizontal surfaces all get filled up and you feel cluttered, and it's difficult to clean.
1: Yeah, or or work out a kind of like a priority system or a percentage system. You know, my kids will play board games in the lounge room sometimes, but not all of the time. So the Mm. board games still live in their playroom. You think they would play in the playroom? No, they'll come out. (laughs) But quite often it's because my husband and I might be sitting on the couch reading and they want to... Even though they're not interacting with us, want to be in the same yeah, space. Yeah, in the same space. So, but yeah. because that happens maybe once a fortnight for like half an hour, I'm like, yeah, mm. you, you guys don't get priority space yeah. <laughs> in the in the lounge room. You can take that back to the to the playroom, yeah. um, where other things that happen there more often, like books or you know technology, you know equipment, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, stuff you
0: would want to unplug and replug in yeah. every
1: couple of days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all there. So that's uh, that brings me beautifully onto technology and equipment because that is one thing that quite often becomes clutter in our living rooms, like out-of-date yeah. tech stuff and CDs and DVDs, even videos. For any of you young people that doesn't know what a video is, ask your parents. Um <laughs> But you know that kind of stuff that we all once had and it was frequently used, but gradually we go to those things less and less and less. Mm. And but if they're especially if they're neatly tucked away in a cupboard or um, cabinet somewhere, quite often um, they're kind of out of sight out of mind,
0: yeah. but they are
1: nevertheless they are still cluttered because if you're not using them, they're not adding value. you could put something else in that space that you are using. So I would yeah, check, definitely check some of those things.
0: Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that if you're not, if it's out of date to the point where you're not using it anymore, then it probably shouldn't be in the living room, especially if you do lots of activities in the living room, because you want those cupboards in the living room to hold the things that you need to put away every day or every week um, in and out. And so sort of if you think about your living room storage as in and out storage instead of... (laughs) Long-term. Term. <laughs> Long-term storage, yeah. And the things that sit there, I mean, there'll be a few things. So you might have, say, a buffet cabinet that's got grandma's china. So that's not going to be in and out every day. But it makes sense to keep it in there because um, that's, the buffet is the, a good size for it, for example. And I've got a little cabinet of little special memorabilia treats and nothing comes in or out of that cupboard. But that cupboard is also used uh, to hold our modem and our radio and our keys and our, you know, bowl of coins so it sort of still has a its own purpose and we don't need the inside of the cupboard for anything else but you'll find that there'll be some spaces in your living storage living room storage that has just got old stuff in it that you never use and so that even if you do decide to keep it i would still seriously consider moving it out of the living room and into uh, another space uh, so that you can unclutter your horizontal surfaces and um, move the stuff down into those cupboards instead.
1: There's also lots of cool tricks and hacks out there that you can use to get rid of things like unsightly cables, you know, if you've got lots mm-hmm. of tech stuff plugged in. Um I recently went to Ikea, another uh, promotional (laughs) tidbit for Ikea customers. Um, It's like a piece of plastic tubing with a slit down one side and you just stick all your cables. I've got that at like our little charging station with all our phone chargers and iPad chargers and things like that plugged in just because there were so many cables running all in the same spot. And I was like, they don't all need to be tangled up in it on each other. And so there's some really good if you've if that becomes an issue in your house, have a look for um hacks to sort your cables. And then ask yourself again, which ones are essential? If there's a mm. whole lot of cables for a gaming console which the kids only get out during school holidays, maybe you could unplug those things, pop them in a basket or pop mm. them in a cupboard, and then during the school holidays you just bear with the cables and leave it all out. And then as school holidays come to a close, you pack them away until next time um, because those cables can really, well, not only can they get tangled, they can just be annoying when you're try- yeah. trying to pull something else in and out and yeah. there's cables or everywhere. Or vacuuming
0: around them, you mm. know, like because cable areas get really dusty and getting the vacuum in there is a bit tricky too. So if they're a bit neater and tidier. And, and I recently went through our charging station and uh, I haven't got a cable organiser like you have, but that has given me food for thought but we have a a drawer um that has a powerpoint at the back of the cupboard mm-hmm. like in the inside and so we have a power board in that drawer and that's our charging drawer and I've had some people say to me you know oh that's a fire hazard but I I don't think it I think it's okay um it's surrounded by stone pretty much so it should be okay but that drawer has the you know and I, anyway I cleaned it out recently and it was so tangled. They were so tangled that you could barely even get like an end bit just to like plug into your own phone. They were all so jammed up. <laughs> so I'd pulled them all out recently and I, I've wound them up and I've um, secured them in a loop so that they're actually shorter. It's cable so they shouldn't. Shouldn't tangle, um, but I tried it last time with ball clips. But then everyone undid the ball clips and then left them all long and they got tangled. So hopefully, no one undoes this the washi tape that I've wrapped around to <laughs> secure them in the loop. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it, having one place where everything is charged is a really good idea. Another reason I do that is because I don't let the kids have their devices in their rooms overnight. Partly that is because they would use them and it's bad for. The sleep patterns to have the screens, but also just because of the, I just have a thing about um, the radiation. I don't mm-hmm. know how accurate it is, but it's just one of my little things that I, I have a, a gut distrust of. And so I always say, if it's on a charger, it's not in your bedroom, it's not near your head while you're sleeping, all that kind of stuff. And so you know, we have that charging station, and so before the kids go to bed, they have to come put their phones on on the charger, uh, and that's sort of the base camp for most of our devices.
1: One thing I have
0: used just on the topic of charging stations if people have
1: got multiple tablets and phones and things like that go and pick yourself up a plate rack Yeah, (laughs) and I because we had our charging station is um, it's actually in the study but I had a, an, a little antique cupboard that I really loved that had absolutely no purpose, but I was getting really frustrated because the charging station was kind of on top of it. There were cords everywhere. Mm. So what I did was my husband was a bit shocked when I said, can you please drill a hole in the side of the cupboard? <laughs> so all the cords, because the PowerPoint is behind the cupboard, the cords yep. go up inside this pipe thing, through a hole in the side of the cupboard. So you can't, none of that is visible. And Mm -hmm. then I have, so again, this is probably a fire hazard. I'll have to Google that now. Um, But inside the cupboard, I have a couple of plate racks stacked up so that all of the devices sit on their side, lined up one in front of each other. So they're not all piled on top of each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the cords all kind of fan out so that there's like a cord for each section of the plate rack. But a plate rack will cost you $2 for a little timber plate rack. And it's just a nice, Mm -hmm. neat way, especially if your things are out and visible that you can slot things in and stand them up and they won't all be piled on top of each other.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I've tried tried to do that underneath that table, um, that corner table with the plant on it where I've got my laptop that stores, but it wasn't tall enough to stand things upright. So Mm -hmm. I actually don't have a cupboard tall enough (laughs) to stand them all upright, but um, I would love love that. That would be a really good idea.
1: On the technology, and I don't know if this really fits into technology, but uh, a lot of people keep exercise equipment or treadmills exercise bikes Mm. that kind of stuff in their living rooms as well and we we were going to have a giggle (laughs) about an article that you sent me back that you found on Facebook um that's right and and it had said uh never store exercise equipment in the living room and I thought but I but (laughs) But if you want to if you want to like I'm not a treadmill runner i'm a road i was gonna say i'm a road runner i'm not like the ride (laughs) road runner i am not that light of foot or fast or have the same (laughs) endurance but i would prefer to run outside but i know if you want to watch tv while you're exercising and that is the place to do it then have it Mm -hmm. there i think that's great it's more when people think I'll put a treadmill in my living room because that'll make me do it. And it sits <laughs> there for six months. And the washing pile's up on the bottom of it. And yeah. then the dog's new bed is on the front of the treadmill. You know, like when it becomes a piece of storage furniture rather than an yeah. actual piece of gym equipment, then it's probably time to move it out of there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, and this is why this this article I sent I sent to you, Tara, I thought, you know, this the title of it, was 10 Things Decluttering Experts and Never Have in Their Living Rooms. And I've read it, going, and I've looked, and it says paperwork, and I'm like, well, no, I have paperwork in mine and gym and exercise equipment. I thought, no, there'd be probably a few that do that. Tara might be one of them. There were a few that I definitely went, Oh, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but there were sort of so many things in here went, Oh, no, I've got that. Oh, I've got that. Yeah, <laughs> I've got those things. Put us all in one um, basket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, these assumptions made about declutterers and organizers always sort of, you know, make me uh, laugh and um, kind of infuriate me all at the same time. But um, yeah, obviously, having it, leaving it around as part of the furniture uh, is, is going to be annoying. And having, skipping ropes on the floor and stuff like that that's annoying but if you have a basket in the corner of your room that holds some hand weights and um you know a few bits and pieces like that then there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that
1: and yeah if you've you've got a big piece of equipment but it is regularly used great don't move it don't change it if that works for you keep it there but it's the people especially because the the big equipment is bulky it's awkward you can't do you know it serves no other purpose um yeah. so yeah just think about whether it's being used enough and maybe that's your motivation maybe if you don't use it at least once a week then you're going to have to move it out into the shed and run in the shed no one wants to do that <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you probably use it less than but yeah mm. um, um- I was going to ask you, Beck, where you think the line is between cozy and chaos in your living room when it comes to things like ah. cushions and throw rugs and oh, soft yeah. furnishings.
0: Have you got an idea with that? Um, my family have a habit of putting cushions and rugs on the floor, mm. and so they get dog hair and dust on them and then I get annoyed at the dog hair and the dust on the rugs and the cushions. So I definitely have a line at which oh, we need cushions. Our couches are though not really squishy, so we need cushions. If we want to lay down on the side of them, we lay down sideways or whatever. We need we need, we need cushions. So we do have about six cushions for our three couches and we use them all the time and we have so, throw rugs as well because I'm a cold person and we use those all the time. But... The, I have homes for them, so there's like one throw rug is allowed to stay on the couch. All the rest have to be folded up and put in the basket, and um, the cushions all have to be on the couches, not on the floor. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a it's a personal thing, really, um, as to what your comfort levels are. But I definitely need cushions, and I definitely need a throw rug. Do you have some?
1: Yeah, I do, and I'm, I'm very similar. I think I've got five on our couch. Um, mm. And in the living room, that is, the kids have a lot more <laughs> in their <laughs> playroom but they've got a really uncomfortable couch so I let them pick a whole lot of fabrics and they had a lot of cushions, oh, yeah. like all mismatched cushions made to but they need comfy. them. Um, mm. And same thing, I have a throw rug, one throw rug on the couch and then there's a couple more in the baskets for if we are all sitting in there together. But mm. I think for me the, the line is... If you have to move a whole lot of stuff off the couch to sit on it, that's probably yes. too many. Yeah, that's um, that's a really good gauge. Or actually. I think once there was a point uh and this is how I knew I had too many and I had to take a few cushions off is my husband was out on the couch and just moved all the cushions and stacked them up on one on top of each other next to him and it was like there was another person sitting on the couch. <laughs> it was like head height and I'm like yeah. <laughs> Maybe I've got a few too many cushions on it. Say so then we yeah. lost a few.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is a balance, and if you find you're fighting over the cushions, then you mm-hmm. probably don't have enough. And yeah, and if you're having to move them, you probably have too many. So there's that. That's probably a good way to figure it out.
1: And if you're really attached to them, and I've got a good friend who. It's a real, she's a cushion girl. she That's the thing she always comes home with. So and she was like, oh, now there's no room for people because there's so many cushions on the couch. And I'm like, well, just make them a seasonal swap. So she has, um, oh, I think yeah. she has a very like uh, grey and white lounge room and she's got two, two colours. She's got this the teal scheme and she has a yellow scheme. And so in yellow, uh, in summer, all the yellow ones come out and in winter, all the teal ones come out and she's got the space to pop away the ones that aren't in season. they get a wash, get popped away and then get brought out again. And that's how she kind of manages all the cushions she's got but doesn't mm. have to part with any of them. But again, you need the storage space to be able to do something like that.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have the storage space, then you don't have the luxury of lots of cushions. Mm. You just have to sort of have the right amount um, instead. Yeah, yep. and, and also just... Be careful that you don't buy cushions for the thrill of it. It's one of the cushions are one of those things that I think people over purchase, mm-hmm. and I know that it's a personal taste thing, but it's part of it's part of the whole fast fashion thing. I put cushions in the fast fashion basket, and I think that we have to be careful that we don't discard cushions that are perfectly fine just because. We've had them for a year and we're sick of them now. We have to think a little bit more about the environment and stuff like that, I think, um, before we over-purchase. On yeah, cushions.
1: and because a lot of places sell them very cheaply. But yeah. I think for the same or less price, and I've been doing this for years whenever I've thought, okay, that one's getting really tired looking, I will just go and purchase a new cover rather than the entire. Because a lot of places you can't mm. buy just a cushion cover. You have to buy the cushion with the stuffing or the filling in it yeah the cheap places yeah yeah and that's rubbish so have a look for cushion covers if you've got a really specific thing in mind places like um ebay and etsy you get a lot of crafty Mm. people that'll make some things places that will you can um choose fabric and because they're quite an easy thing to make me saying that i can barely sew a button so it's the kind of thing that i would say to a friend look you know I'll take you out for lunch. I found this beautiful fabric. Can you make me a cushion <laughs> yeah, out of it? What, you know, that, like, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: My but, yeah, made so, so cushions,
1: just like yeah. that's a really simple way to kind of cut down and then you can use the um, the old cushion covers either for rags or what I do is I stack them up and use them in the base of my dog's kennel <laughs> Oh yeah, um, yep. just as a, a bit of extra padding, you know, so yep. you can come up with another, you know, other options to use them rather than yeah. people just throwing the filling out as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, good one. And if you do buy a cushion that, that comes it's like it's it, it's it's cover and filling together, like you can't unzip it and take the cover off, then you can just use that as a cushion. Like if it becomes worn, just put a new cover over that yep. uh, rather than throwing that out and getting a new filling. Just use that as the, the cushion filling um, and put, put a new cover over it rather than um, going and buying a new filling as well.
1: And then one thing that quite often will accumulate in living rooms too are trinkets or display items because it's a place where people hang out. It's the kind of thing that we think, oh, you know, we bought that on that holiday or it was a gift from so-and-so. I'll pop it in here for display. But living rooms can really quickly become overrun with trinkets and photos and photo frames and things like that. Mm. So, again, it's it's only keeping enough items to be pleasing to the eye that you actually see and notice and in get the joy out of them and, and not keeping so many that they start to distract you or make
0: you feel overwhelmed. Yeah, or make it difficult to clean and dust. Mm. Um, when you've got lots of things on horizontal surfaces that are display items, you it's harder to clean and, and keep the dust away. And dust, dust can be really damaging for our health. So it's something that's, it's not, I was about to say it's not to be sneezed at (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's not like it's actually a lot more serious than it looks and and a lot of people sort of like oh yeah you know it's a bit of dust but no dust is dust can be quite serious and it can hold particles of things you don't want to be breathing in and so I think it's definitely worth uh, making sure that it's easy for you to wipe a damp cloth over a surface and over items so that you don't end up with that that build-up so you know think about it from that perspective as well it's actually a health issue.
1: Uh, now, do you do laundry in your <laughs> lounge room, living room, yeah. back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 we do. So sometime in winter it lives in our living room on racks, mm-hmm. and uh, which is annoying but... I I survive and then when it's either come off the line or if it's come off the rack, um, I usually split them in the living room, split them into the four different categories and then I put mine and mix away or he puts ours away and then we get the kids to take theirs and put theirs away so they'll often live in their piles in the living room for a few hours before people get around to getting them out or if I do it in the morning and the kids aren't home from school that they'll sit there for the whole day or if that annoys me I'll take that into their bedrooms and put it on their bed for them to do but it's definitely the place where I do the separating out it's the largest area the largest space that I have and so I spread spread out our four piles um in the on the couches do you do the same
1: yeah, because I, I don't fold off the line like you. I just mm. throw it all in a basket. And usually I will, during the day or whenever I bring it in, um, will tip it out of the basket onto the floor uh, in front of... Oh. I've
0: got like, like a big, see, This is you've got such clean floors. This is the thing. Like <laughs> when you say put it on the floor, I'm like, <gasps> no, <laughs> don't put anything on the floor. And I'm like, oh, that's right because I don't have clean floors and you do.
1: <laughs> um, and so I have an ottoman that kind of sits in the corner of our room and that's like my folding my folding chair and I tip all the Hi. and I tip it all out on the floor and then at night when I walk in there and I think it's for me it's because it's that idea of I couldn't sit and watch tv with that still there I will sit down on my little <laughs> folding ottoman and uh sit there and fold everything put it in baskets and then quite often it sits there the following morning we'll put it away but I kind mm-hmm. of have like a 24-hour turnaround um yeah it's not really a you know a rule but that's kind of the standard that it it's might go in there you know this mm. afternoon but by you know same time tomorrow afternoon it would be put away so it doesn't live in there for very long it's pretty quick in and out and that's mm. one thing that quite often gets put in living rooms and then people just don't get to it or then it you know they can't hmm. keep up with it, and it becomes almost a permanent feature. Is the pile of laundry that yeah.
0: sits in the yeah? Well, quite often it just becomes the place people go to get their clean clothes from, mm. and it gets whittled away over the coming over sort of a fortnight, Um and then the things that aren't worn end up staying there, and then you, they get added to by you know the next yep. load, and so it does it does become a bit of a a permanent temporary home, um, yep. which. Is, it can be problematic because, you know, it ends up getting dirty again. And that's mm. the thing with, with me is that I can't, I can't, because my floors because I'm such a terrible floor housekeeper. No, but you I, also
1: have a dog that loses that hair and yeah. that is, like my dog doesn't lose hair and he's contained yeah. in a bed in the house. He doesn't wander. So, that's, that's a
0: big part You're of it. such a tough mum. Yeah our, yeah, our dog has loads of hair that she sheds constantly and so there's always dog hair on the floor, always. Even after I vacuumed, the second after I vacuumed, there's dog hair on the floor. So mm-hmm. I can't tolerate anything being on the floor and that's the thing with the washing is that if I leave it on the couch for too long, people won't pick it up unless I ask. People won't pick it up and take it where it's meant to go. They'll just shove it down the end and that's that's really annoying and so I'm. Um, i tend to be like i have to get i have to keep it moving otherwise it's going to get dirty and i'm gonna to have to wash it again and i do not want to wash it again i don't want to wash something for no good reason so mm. yeah i'm like you know keep it moving folks keep it moving <laughs> we yeah. can't and have look, it ending up on the floor
1: i don't think there's anything wrong if if you're a uh, you know if you do your laundry in the lounge room and that's it's kind of permanent temporary home then just set a limit have a have a basket in there that mm. the washing goes into until you get around to folding it and like it can be your laundry basket and that's not ideal but if that works for you that's cool but then you know once it is spilling over that then you've got to do something about it rather than it just starting to encroach on the floor on the couch and stay there for weeks Mm. upon end so just set some natural boundaries and um, and then try and stick to them
0: yeah one rule that is good to have and I have one particular client who who loves putting washing on she's really good at remembering to put washing on and so every day she does a couple of loads but she doesn't finish so the putting away becomes a bit of a problem and so she would just they just it just builds up all over the the living areas and her dining table is always full of laundry always and I said to her one day right we need a new rule for you that you can't put another load of washing on until you've put away the ones that are hanging around in the dining room, and she was like, oh, how, "I have to, I have to put washing on." And I said, "Well, if you then, that will motivate you to put away that that washing that's in the dining room instead of ignoring that, so and putting on another load." And so, you know, that became a new rule for her. It's like she's not allowed to put a load of washing on, which she loves to do, um, but she's not allowed to do that until she's put away the clean stuff. And so that was sort of a a good way for her to make sure that things kept moving smoothly uh, instead of building up and getting a bottleneck of clean clothes yep. on the dining table.
1: I think furniture too, if if your space is feeling really cluttered, take another look at the furniture that's in there. If you have really big oversized furniture in a small space, it can make it feel really mm. claustrophobic almost. And it's not to say that you need to go out and buy a new <laughs> sofa or a new tv cabinet or anything like that maybe it's just about taking something away um, yeah. or positioning it differently so it's not in front of the window or something like that um, you know if you've got bean bags in there that are not used very often then could they live somewhere else and just be brought in there on movie nights when everyone's in there and laying mm. around on the floor you know like have have a fresh look at your furniture and all the coffee tables and side tables do you need them all do you do use them all and, and are there things that could be taken out of the out of the space just to make it feel a bit more airy and let a bit more light in?
0: That's what we did in our living room, it, our family room, when the kids were smaller. Was, was feeling really, just feeling really claustrophobic to me. Every, like I had, I've got six meters of eight meters of glass, and so that didn't have any furniture against it. But all of the other walls had furniture on them like I just couldn't see wall basically it was just all furniture and we had along the back of the kitchen counter we had a um, bookcase and um, the trofast with the kids toys in it and then there was a buffet and then a desk and another bookcase and it was just too much and I, I just sort of decided that was it I had to I wanted the space to feel bigger and so I got rid of half of the furniture and we replaced a really large cabinet with a smaller one and uh, just, yeah, just decluttered basically. And we've still got some furniture, but there's a lot more wall space in there now. And the room feels so much bigger for it. It's, it's, it really is a cheap way to get a larger space is to just get rid of a third of the furniture
1: hmm also which if- means you
0: need to get rid of the stuff <laughs> that goes in it as yeah, well so yeah. you do need to be prepared to declutter but you'll actually find that it'll be worth it
1: um I think too if your living room is also the entryway to your house it can become like a natural dumping zone for people as you know as they walk through yeah. the door and school bags or keys or handbags or coats or whatever so if you don't already contemplate popping up you know either some like a hat rack or some pegs on the wall or, you know, a tray somewhere to capture the coins and the keys and the stuff that comes in rather than them just being dumped randomly on coffee tables, on lounge rooms. Or Um, the kitchen bench. yeah. Yeah. So something like that on the way through the door just to, you know, creator without you know we've just said it about <laughs> taking furniture out now I'm saying put more in but you know um, if there's not a natural space for those things to go on the way in the door and you find that they constantly get dumped it might be yeah. hard to change the behavior of that because quite often you walk through the door with a bag of groceries and your handbag and your keys in your hand and the mail mm-hmm. and all of that and it just will go <laughs> wherever that is closest to put it down so try and think if you can find a little
0: station that goes somewhere yeah. there for all that stuff to go. And have a look, even like grab a notepad and have a look around your living room and see what's been dumped. And just make a list of all the things that have been dumped, you know, is it are there shoes that have been dumped? Is it pens? Is it hairbands? Is it little plastic toys? Is it tools, a screwdriver, you know, what, what is it that you've got that's been dumped either on the kitchen bench or the entry table or the couch or the coffee table or dining table and make sure that you actually have a permanent home for every single one of those items. And once you have a permanent home for them, you can start then training everybody in the house to actually put those things in their homes, you know, at least some of the time. It doesn't have to be, you know, spotless and perfect all the time, but. If it has a home, then when you see it, you'll be able to either delegate that task to someone easily or quickly put it away yourself and and just get yourself back to that, that comfort level again.
1: Okay, then, Beck. so we should wrap this up for everyone. Have you got, yeah. um, give us your three hot tips for things to keep your
0: lounge room or living room, living space okay. clutter-free? Um, I think we might have said most of these. So don't keep the decorative decorative things just because you always have like critically look at them sometimes when we look at our space we glaze over the things that have always been there um and but look at them and and seriously look at them and go why do I still have this you know is it still really important is it still something that gives me joy is it something that uh, adds to my life and is it something that we use in here or is it just here because it always has been um so don't keep things just because you always have um regularly clear out your hot spots so at least once a week clear out the areas that gather the clutter and put everything in their homes Um, and that way they don't build up to a point at which they're overwhelming um which leads to everything has to have a home and to go in it so that's probably my biggest tip is everything has a home and it has to go in it at least some of the time what about yours
1: um First one might be a bit contentious. (laughs) I say no to magazine racks only because pretty much their purpose is to hold stuff (laughs) that you're not necessarily using. So if you are reading a paper or reading a magazine and not quite finished, well then leave it on your coffee table or leave it in a space where you'll get to it because once it kind of goes into that little vortex of the magazine rack, it might sit there for another 12 months before you get back to it. So I would say read what you need to read. Um, leave it out to remind you that there's more to go and then once you're finished with it, then dispose of it. Mm. Magazine racks just beg for clutter or if you really want one. Yeah, yeah, if you really want one and you use it regularly, try and then make a rule of one in, one out. So if you're buying a magazine this week, then let let last week's go or last month's go or whatever it is so Mm. that they don't just
0: store stuff. Even if you haven't read it. I know, right? Deep breath. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um my second hot tip is to put a tray on your coffee table with the items in it so um for us all of the coffee tables you know we I think we've got three in our th- three different living areas all have a tray on the coffee table which has the coasters the remotes most of them have maybe like a pot plant or something you know like a some or a vase of flowers or something in it but it's really easy then when the kids want to push it off to spread out a project they're doing or if they mm-hmm. want to play a board game or if we want to clear it for something else, That everything is kind of contained within that tray. It's really easy to move out the way and put back and it just kind of helps things from not, you know, sprawling all over the coffee table and falling off edges and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that is my second tip. And my last one is do at the end of the night, say you're in there in the evening and you're reading or you're watching TV On your way out of the room, do a two-minute, doesn't even have to be, it could be 30-second, little quick scan of the room, tidy it up just to refresh it for the next day. So grab the coffee mugs on the way out, plump your cushions back up, throw your throw rugs back in their basket or whatever, just so that you start the next day with a nice, fresh, tidy space that everyone can come into rather than letting stuff build up and build up and build up. Excellent.
0: All right. Before we go, I have to ask you this because as professional organizers, we've seen it all. What's the weirdest thing you have found, or most unusual thing you've found in a living room, Tara? Um,
1: I've found a bouncy castle <laughs> that was set up in a like in a per- permanent setup <laughs> like an outlet like bouncy fun. castle. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, I think it was I don't know why it was bought, but it was turned into something that the child loved and then they just kept it in uh, (laughs) there and just lived around it. So I have seen that. The other thing that kind of rivals that is multiple, and I'm talking like three working TVs all on TV cabinets next to each other. And Uh I don't think they'd mind me saying this. It was because the family all, (laughs) several generations, all wanted to be together at the same time. Time watching TV, but they all wanted to watch different things. So they had headphones set up for different TVs. <laughs> oh, cool. um, so they all sat on the couch together and watched three different programs on three different TVs. <laughs> I was like, went in there and was like, do we need to de- declutter these TVs? How many of them work? All of them. We use all of them. I was like,
0: all righty then. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, so, if yeah. you use them, I suppose they get to stay, don't they? But I what like about it. you? That's a good idea. <laughs> what uh, have you found? Probably um, a, a motorcycle being repaired like with all its parts (laughs) all over the floor and yeah so a motorcycle in in pieces and with uh, tools and parts and stuff in the middle of the family room (laughs) i know yeah it made me shudder as well i was like oh no all the grease and all the yeah but um uh, that's he he didn't want to do it outside he wanted to do it inside so that was the only space he had to do it so he he did Mm. oh fair enough well, there
1: you go. So that concludes our fiftieth episode. Hooray!
0: Whoa.
1: Definitely um, not overly noteworthy, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
0: thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging in there for fifty episodes. We yeah, really appreciate it. We do. We were kind of hoping. Well, I was. I think I don't think I talked to you about this Tara, but I was kind of hoping that our fiftieth episode and our fifty thousandth download and our one year anniversary would all line up. And we're not far off, but we still have a couple, how long till our anniversary? Six weeks?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, so we've sort of come up on 50 a bit too soon for that, but um, we're almost at the 50,000 downloads. We might sort of get the whole one-year 50,000 thing. I reckon that will make it. So that'll yeah. be something to to have another little another little shout about. So thank you to all
1: those people that continue to share our podcast with others. We really appreciate it. We love when you shout out our podcast on social media, telling your friends that this is something you listen to because it just means our message gets shared with more people and hopefully we can help more people be uncluttered. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via facebook and instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com